When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. That's Welcome your back cue. to the show. I'm Don McDonald along with Tom. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got like three seconds of latency here. Yeah, you do. No, I really do. Inside it's, it's your really head. weird. Oh, no. Okay, you're talking about like... So while I try and get rid of the latency, you're stuck talking. That's okay, because I'm good at that kind of thing. Uh, here we are in Talking Real Money. Our telephone number is very easy. It costs nothing. And actually, if you call and ask a question, we're going to give you a free copy of Don's updated book, Financial Physics. Here's the number, 855 935 Eight two five five eight five five nine three five talk, and we've talked about everything today, from four hundred one k's to getting an inheritance to should I be setting money aside in deferred comp, even though I've get a a, a, a very great pension, uh, and what to do with a, a variable annuity I bought twelve years ago. So, but I wanted to spend a little time talking about risk, risk. Because, okay, you do that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm most now, people I, just want to talk about getting rich. I just want to make a lot right. of money, Don. I don't want to talk about losing it. You guys are always so negative. You just talked about how I could put this money into a house and the price of the house could go down. Well, real estate never goes down. Yeah, I don't like down. thinking about going down. Exactly. Oh, yeah, estate. not in Seattle. It never goes down in Seattle. It's, Seattle's unique. It's just always up. up. And by the way, I've had... I've had periods of time where I lived here, and it did go down, by the way, mm-hmm. several times. But the reason I raise this issue is because most people we talk to who either come to a class, retire, meet, talk, sit down and have a conversation, generally don't know two things. Generally don't know how much risk they're taking in their portfolio. In other words, how, many, how much in stocks, bonds, and cash. And they rarely know, you rarely know, how much risk you need to take. What rate of return? So we talked about last hour about CalPERS trying to make more by having money in private equity. But so I read, I'm always fascinated when I read these studies. And this study said, baby boomers heavily invested in stocks are putting retirement savings at risk. Why? That, that's I always think, well, what, what are they talking Who wrote this stupid article? Well, it starts with a C and ends with another C. Oh, CNBC. There you oh. go. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, I can look across the river and see their place they over there. Claim, and it's filled with a bunch of incompetence. <laughs> they claim that in 2015, 30% of IRA's individual retirement accounts were more than yeah. 90% invested in equities. Well, okay. How old are these people? Well, they, these are baby boomers. And they're saying, well, the next bullet bear market comes along. You're going to lose a lot of money. You won't be able to retire. Okay, well, first of all, they don't they don't know how much of IRAs are in banks where there are a lot of money that sadly that are making one to two percent for one thing. They don't know. They can't get in and look at four hundred one ks, four hundred three b, all that kind of thing, and whether people are going to rely on pensions. There's a lot of factors that go into this. No one should ever tell you how much risk you should take. 
That's a personal thing that is reliant on your ability to take risk, number one, and how much money you need to make and how much risk you're willing to absorb as a result of that, right? And, well, and not necessarily based on your age. Yes, thank you. You may be about to retire, but you may be very comfortable taking risk. Here's the other thing that drove me nuts. It said Roth IRA accounts for people age 65 to 84, 63% invested in stocks. Well, I think personally, because Roth is generally a smaller part of your overall holdings, probably should be more than that. Most of it should be most of it should be in stocks because you hope for a faster growth there in a Roth in a in a tax free environment, right? Well, but there again, the reality is, and this is something they never mention in these stories, it should be based on you, on your personal tolerance for and need to take risk. It's a combo. You actually have to do both. How much risk can you stand? And then how much risk do you really need to take? Yeah. And this is another reason that I struggle a bit with the fact that now it's about, uh, I think it's almost six out of every $10 in retirement company retirement plans are in target date funds where you're saying, I'm going to retire on January Mm -hmm. 1st, 2025. So then they're going to say, okay, then you got this much in stocks and this much in bonds. They do not know you. It's better than nothing. Though. That's true. This it's is we're better yep. than no plan. It's 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 always better to have a weak plan than absolutely no plan for how you're going to manage the risk of your portfolio and, as you get closer and closer to needing the money. And yep. many times people have a 401k where they have six funds. They divide it. They put one six in each one because they think that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I've seen that or, a lot. I had a friend who had like a hundred choices. Yeah. And and he's just like going to put one percent there and one percent there. And one, <laughs> That's a lot of work, by the way. I'm going. Wow. Let's just simplify this. How about these two funds? Oh, there we go. Yeah. So at, so this is. Don't ever read a study, that, and you've talked about this last hour that says here's what the market's going to do, so you should act. Number two, mm-hmm. don't read a study that says you're this old and this much of your money should be in stocks, because they don't know. It's an individual decision you have to make, right? Yeah. Oh, and plus, so I, I also hate those stories that say, if you put your money into the market at the top on this day, it took you X number of years to recover. Like you only invested on the one highest price day the market ever had. That's not the way investing works. It's called, uh, let's see, there are lies, damn lies, statistics. 855-935-TALKS, our number. Do you need a little help with your investments? Set up a free, no-obligation appointment with one of our advisors at TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Once again, that phone number to reach the show that helps you with your dough is 855-935-TALK. I'm Don McDonald, Tom Cox over there. I'm in New York. Tom's in Seattle. I don't know how this works, but it does. It's just like magic. I can be in two places at once. I don't know how it works. Scott, you're up. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, Scott. Hello. Hey, Scott. I have a question. should be a quick one. I have an inherited IRA that I'm required to take a minimum distribution from, but it is in a large commercial franchise place that i'm not sure i shouldn't move it somewhere else 
Uh, tell me, I don't understand large yeah, we commercial need to know franchise. more about what we're talking about. Uh, it's in, uh, well, I, I guess I can say it. It's in Edward Jones. It's America. Edward oh, Ed Jones. Jones. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's about $90,000. Yeah. And I don't know if I should just leave it alone or if I should move it someplace better. Can you tell me what Ed Jones put you into? What How kind is it of invested? products? Um, I know there are quite a few individual stocks. I'm still kind of okay. going through, like I said, this is an inherited IRA. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't really gone through all of that well, paperwork. Well, let me, just, let me just, just hit it broadly. When you're dealing with a company like Edward Jones or like uh, Ameriprise or even like Merrill or Morgan or any of these guys, you're generally dealing with an environment of selling of sales pressure of 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 giving generally giving and this, this is a big mistake that's made in the now if you if you if you're a car dealer you give the customer what they want great fine but in the in the investment industry you don't give the customer necessarily what they want shouldn't if a customer calls us and says we want to buy a bunch of Boeing stock we're going to say no or whereas an Ed Jones or, broker yeah or what? by the way people sometimes tell us i don't want to be invested internationally and we have to say yeah Good luck to you. No, you must be invested. Yeah. But at Ed Jones, either they're going to call their clients and say, I think you ought to buy this because it's hot. Or if you call and say, I think I should buy this, they're going to give you a reason to buy it because they want to get the commission. I think you're going to be in a better position if you have this this transferred out into an, uh, to another custodian, someone like Vanguard or another advisor or something, but somebody who's not sales-based. By the way, typically what we call a broker's portfolio consists of individual stocks, a few mutual funds, and sometimes something else in there they might pitch you into that starts with an A, and an, you hopefully not in this case. An but, annuity. Yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. so generally this is what we see when people get have money at the brokerage uh, accounts. So no, we would not recommend that. If you're going to do it on your own, I would just go ahead and send you right to Vanguard. You could go to Vanguard, set up an inherited annuity, inherited annuity, inherited IRA, inherited and IRA. Uh, and they will be glad to move the money over. You could own a couple mutual funds there. It'll be less expensive. You'll be taking less risk than being in individual stocks. Now, is that Makes something sense? I can do to a some sort of uh, tax deferred account? Or well, yeah, you can do a roll. Of, you can do a, an inherited IRA, so it maintains its yeah. tax deferral. And and let and me tell you, move it to a Vanguard or something. Correct. You got yeah. it. Here's what you do. It's so so easy. You go to either go to Vanguard's website or give them a call on their 800 number. Tell them you have an inherited IRA and you want to transfer it over. They will have you send them the account information and they will bring the assets over. They will get them liquidated, bring them over, and then get them invested as per your instructions. Okay. I think that And they'll stay tax-deferred. That sounds good, and I think you've, you, you've answered my my question. Thanks, Scott, for your call. Yes, and again, um, people sometimes are missing when it is an inherited IRA. Once the money's moved from the decedent's account into your inherited IRA at that same custodian, you can move it to any other custodian and without mm -hmm. any tax consequence. 
You just simply open an inherited IRA account at that other custodian. Money, as you said, Don, would move over, could be reinvested in a way that would be quite dissimilar from the way generally we see it at Edward Jones. No, I mean, it is. That's an understatement. I I mean, individual stocks, a $90,000 account with individual stocks. Yeah. Okay, a hundred million dollar account with individual stocks. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I can see it because you got some diversification. And you could get in private equity if you have a hundred million. Right, you could get it, in. There's a healthcare firm out in Silicon Valley that is going to change the world. One small wait, wait, prick wait, wait, of your wait, wait. finger, and it's going to excuse me, sir. They have a machine. Sir, it's two hundred. They're already tests. no, sir. You're behind. They're oh. already broke. Oh, they're they're God, they're bank, God, I just was they're, reading. They're out of business. This woman no, you is super it. sharp. Sorry. She's got George Schultz. Oh, no. She, she, she's got she's, Henry Kissinger. She's got you remember she used to be a... But you're, are you thinking she's still a billionaire? Is that what you're thinking? She's worth like $9 billion or something. Yeah, no. She has a negative net worth now, sir. Oh, God. Forgot they to mention that. me earlier. Yeah. Okay. No, she's, she's worth less than nothing. That's really upsetting. Actually worth less than nothing. And wait, there's more. Oh. If you really liked her, yeah. well, you better get used to corresponding with her in prison. Because that's probably where she's going next. She's been indicted for fraud. Yes, I'm having fun. It's Elizabeth Holmes. I finally watched the documentary. Oh, you were being facetious uh, again. Yeah, thank you for allowing me that. <sighs> and that documentary is worth watching, if only, by the way, if only for seeing how special people think that they're really smart about the mm-hmm. future. They don't mm-hmm. know any more than you do. Sorry to say. By the way, they had a guy in there that said, I got in early on Facebook. I got in early. And I, and I told, I stopped and I told, I talked to Danielle. I said, he doesn't Danielle's mention. Danielle's his wife, yeah, for those of you who don't know. He doesn't mention the 150 other deals he got in early on where it went to zero. Because right. it's a crapshoot. They don't know any more than anybody else. And the thing is, is the one you got right and you did well on is the one you tell your friends about. Bingo. You don't tell them about the bad ones. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm a terrible investor. Everything I buy just falls apart. Don't don't take any advice from me. Yeah. I'm stupid when it comes mm. to investing. That's the vast majority of the population, by the way. And I know you don't want to think that you're stupid when it comes to anything. But let me tell you, you can't be the best at everything. Pick something you're actually good at and brag about that. I'm hoping in my 60s I'll find that, so I'm waiting. It, Reffing? Oh, yeah, except the know. other team. Yeah, yeah the other team always hates you. <laughs> no, I don't know teams. what you're good at. <laughs> or both teams. Yeah, well, then you know he, you're he doing carries, everything right. Well, what, what he does is he actually now has post-it yellow cards, <laughs> just big, thick pad of them, and he just <laughs> runs around sticking them on the backs of guys. <laughs> it's easier yellow that card. way. <laughs> yellow card. It's easier that way. Yeah, it's high school season again, and I'm told how wrong how, how wrong I am very often now. So it's how, every day that has got to be really <laughs> tough on your ego, isn't it? I've done it for a long time. It's like anything. Yeah, yeah, okay, got it. So it's okay. Yeah, heard it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're all right with it. I, I told somebody recently, fix. you got to do better than that. I've heard yeah, that before. You I've do been yelled at by yeah. better people you than got, you. you got to do better. So anyway. 855-935-TALK. We want you to call that number so that we can help you understand how money works and how it can work a lot harder for you and less hard for all of those other people. Sorry, we're not here to help the brokerage firms. We're not here to help the insurance companies. We're here to help the use. The use who don't get enough help. 855-935-TALK. It's free, it's easy, and we're going to help you even more with a free copy of Financial Physics mailed out to you in a few weeks. So call now. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do you know what your investment risk tolerance is? Take our free no-obligation risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. 
Tom and Don are talking real money. Because it's a huge part of your life. I'm Don McDonald out in New York City. And by the way, I just I, I want to brag a little. I yeah. went and saw my niece in a in her final high school musical last year. She won the this big award in in the in the Northeast called the Roger Reese Award. And she was a finalist for the Jimmy Awards, which are the like the the Tony Awards for high school performers. This this young lady, you got watch Broadway for Alyssa McDonald. This okay. girl, she's amazing. Good, be good. congratulations. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I know. Well, she's got the her her father is a Broadway actor, my brother, and her mother was a rock hat. So, How can you so fail talent with that runs kind of gene like, uh, pool? Something yeah. through the McDonald family there. Well, and and her mom's. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to the phones, 855-935-TALKS. The number, Kelly, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kelly. Hi. Hi, how's it going? Good. So uh, my question is in regards to saving. So I have, let's see, for for retirement and such, I, I feel like I'm doing okay. I'm maxing out a Roth IRA for myself and for my wife and pretty close to maxing out what I can do for the 401k. Um Good. But I have a little bit of extra money that I make, and I'm I'm kind of waffling between putting extra put it towards my mortgage payment, like extra payments on principal only, or what I've been doing for the last year or so is putting it into the market in some index funds that are tracking with S and P 500 or the Nasdaq or and what is the interest rate of your index. what is the interest rate of your mortgage? Just over three percent. It's mean, three and an eight. <laughs> I want your mortgage. Uh, yeah, I want your mortgage. If I had your mortgage, I would never pay off your mortgage. Yeah, I mean that is such a low okay. interest rate that we would expect. Pretty easy math to do that. Uh, that saving the money in those index funds would make you more over time than paying down that three okay. percent early. It it certainly has over the past oh almost hundred years, according to all the data. That would have you would have almost any time period too. By the way, you know any any ten okay. year period you would have you would have beaten the tar out of your mortgage. Okay, and that's what I convinced myself, and so that's what I've been doing. Um, I guess I just wanted some kind of outside confirmation. Yeah, paying off your mortgage early generally is more em- a, a good emotional decision because you feel good about it. Oftentimes, okay. not such a great financial decision is how I'd put it. Okay, I think exactly. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate Thank it. You. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you so much. Thank Thanks. you for being such a great saver. Well done. And and you know, you know you have a good mortgage rate when your mortgage rate yeah. is close to what you can get on a 5-year CD. That's I mean, there are 5-year CDs earning a bit over 3% now. You, you you could arbitrage almost. You could get a good bond and, and yeah. make more than your mortgage. Gene, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hello, Gene. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. 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 Hi, thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. How can we help you? I'm looking for a little bit of um, financial advice. I'm 67 years old. Um. <clears throat> I recently inherited about $300,000, which is all the money I have in the world, besides the mm-hmm. equity in my home. Um, my mortgage is about $330 a month. I owe about 38000 on my mortgage. Mm-hmm. My income from Social Security is 1000 a month. 
And how much and do you, you need to sustain? I mean, other than your mortgage, what other costs do you have to pay every month? All the typical household expenses, I suppose they're about seven or 800 a month okay. when you add in your utilities and insurance and such. What's the interest rate on your mortgage? Do you know? It's about four and a half. Four and a half. That's pretty good. Um, although you're not going to beat it by much. Tell you what, we need to, we're, we're going to take a moment to mull this over a little bit because we want to be very careful and very thoughtful about the money at, to, to get it probably, I, I would imagine, and we'll ask you this after the break, I would imagine you want to generate a little more income off of that to have a little bit better life and not put the principal at much, if any, risk. We'll be back. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I believe in helping everybody become a better investor. That's why we offer lots of free knowledge at TalkingRealMoney.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hi, welcome back to the show. I'm Don McDonald along with Tom Cock, and we are talking with Gene at 855-935-TALK about a $300,000 inheritance she received. She's 67 years old, has a mortgage at about 4.5%. That's $38,000 with a $330 a month payment. Sure, her uh, living expenses were figuring roughly $1,200 or so a month is what we're, where it looks like she is. And, Gene, we've, we've really been thinking a lot about this. We don't believe in having portfolios absolutely 100% safe because you will not do well. You won't keep up with inflation in many cases. Uh, so here's what I – and we talked about this. Tom and I talked about this. And first, really, at 4.5%, that's a good rate on your money. Are you going to stay in this house for a long time? You know, I, I probably will. I'm, I'm a little bit undecided. It's an older home, and I have visions of uh, getting into something a little bit newer someday. <laughs> We'll see. That's an important consideration because one of our parts of our plan was perhaps paying off the mortgage with some of this money you took in because then then it would reduce your cost to some extent. Actually, see, by paying off the mortgage with that, you are now officially living within your means. Your the cost of living is within your thousand dollars a month that you get from Social Security, uh, which gives you a, a high degree of safety and certainty, which is kind of nice. And that's why we want to know if that is important. Then the other thing, with the money that's left, the approximately $250,000 or so, we'd like to see you put some of that in something that has some growth potential to keep your head above the inflation waters. You could go to Vanguard.com, open just a regular account, their regular brokerage account, and maybe take... I don't know, 10, 15% of the money, $30,000 or so, and put it in a stock fund. We usually recommend the Vanguard Total World Stock Index, VT Wax. Then the rest of it you could put in, and this would be the part where it gets trickier. You could use a bond fund. You could use a money market, something like that that really isn't well, making I, much, but it's there every day. Yeah, what I'm thinking is you take 
a year's worth, like $12,000, which is your yearly income. And you put that in a money market account that is absolutely liquid. You can get at it any day. Uh, find one that has the highest yield at bankrate.com. And then the, the, that leaves you with 250. Put somewhere around twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars into that growth-oriented fund. Tom was talking about VTWAX, and then the rest. I think you'd be very happy, and it'd be a lot easier if you just put it in the Vanguard Total Bond Index Fund. Which uh, now you're going to remind me that I need the ticker again because we've did through this earlier in the show. I got I can't, it now. I can't get my it's, computer on. Here we go. VBMFX. VBMFX. Ooh, that's the Vanguard Total Bond Index. So now you've got the living. Ex- you've paid off the mortgage. You've got the living expenses covered for the next twelve months. Should you have have a problem, and mm-hmm. you've got some growth by being in the Vanguard Total World Fund, and then the rest of the money's in something that. We would expect to make, I don't know, 3 to 4% a year over a long period of time, but kind of stays right there and, with inflation. And historically, a 10 to 15% portfolio in equities with the rest in bonds ha- has had, historically, since the 70s, no worse a return in a single year than about a 5% loss, which is very, very low. And for most people, incredibly tolerable. Yeah. So I hope that helps, Gene, and uh, we wish you well. And thank Thanks you for, for the calling. Call. Yeah, it's great. So, 855-935-TALKS, our telephone number. Copy of Financial Physics coming your way in a few weeks. And uh, just for calling in and asking a question. And, Bill, you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, Bill. Hello. Hey. This is Bill. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions. One, I applied for Social Security because I was told I'm on uh, an LNI Department of Disabilities pension. And I was told that I would have to they would deduct every dollar I got from Social Security out of that pension. Then I'd have to pay tax on it, where my pension, uh, disability pension, I don't pay any tax on at all. It's tax-free. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? Well, that they, well they wait, wait, deduct? wait. No. So, now, now, Social Security may be taxable. Right. What kind, what kind of... taxable. That's why I yeah. haven't applied for it, because I'd have to pay taxes. See, they take, I, I think it's about... Uh, well, it depends. $2,000, a little over $2,000 a month I'd be getting from Social Security. Yeah. And I'd lose and they're $2, gonna tax you a month out of my... Oh, they're going to reduce your, your pension, yeah, by the amount of your Social Security, and then your Social Security becomes taxable. Part of it could be taxable. It probably won't be, though. That in, it depends it, on the income at, level. At your, at your bracket, it's probably not going to be much of anything. Uh, but since you have that disability pension, I don't know how old you are, but I would wait until the very last minute so that it grows by 8% per year and then don't take it until you're 70 years old. At that point, you probably, I, I, again, the security of Social Security is probably a little higher than the pension, but I don't know that for a fact. Tom and Don are talking real money. Just about everything you need to know about money can be found at our website, TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hi, welcome back to the show. This is Talking Real Money, the program designed specifically to help you avoid all kinds of financial problems, particularly with those people who manage investments and sell things to you. Oh, they can make you nuts and they can make you poor, too. Give us a call. 855-935-TALK. By the way, yes, if you don't make it into the show, you can still call your questions in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'll answer those during the weekday podcast, which you can find at Talking Real Money or via your favorite podcast service. 
Wow, that was a lot right. of information, and I hope I got Eight, some of it. Probably not. 855-935-TALK is our number. Probably not. Sam, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hello, Sam. Oh, hey, thank you very much. Thank you for taking my call. Our pleasure. Okay, my question today. What is the difference between me doing online CDs where I'm getting 2.75 in a year for a year CD as opposed to doing the bond funds, where the bond funds have been going down as the interest rates have been going up. Can you explain the logistics there? By the way, the One I just looked at this. I just looked at this number this morning because I was curious. Intermediate term bond fund operated by dimensional funds is made about seven tenths of one percent a year this year. So far this year, it did lose a little bit of money last year. And we need to be always be careful when we say interest rates are going anywhere. They've gone So in any investment. So that aside, why would you put money in a bond fund is your, really your question when I can get 2.7% a year mm-hmm. guaranteed in a CD? Yep. That's your question. That's the question. Yeah, that's, I the, think question. that's the question. All right, that's a good question. Uh, the the reason one of the biggest reasons is the bond fund will keep you at a market rate because we're talking about intermediate term bonds. We are not talking about going way out long. Uh, one of the nice things, even though the net asset value may decline in periods of rising interest, it's not in an intermediate bond fund with like a five year duration. The bond the prices are going to fluctuate very little up or down because they are constantly selling off or or uh, they, they're getting mature. rid of maturing bonds, yeah. yep. and they're buying new bonds at the new higher interest rate. So, for example, in the Vanguard total bond index right now, the yield is about 3%. So you're getting a slightly higher yield, but you're going to have some volatility in principle. For most people, that volatility of principle is not going to be a big deal because they're in the bond fund uh, to, one, get an income, and that income helps offset some of that. Uh, and and two, it's to help balance a, a a total portfolio to just keep it less volatile somewhere where they have some some equity in the portfolio. If you look at the longer term, and because people get caught up in kind of what's it done lately, yeah, I know bond funds had a tough year, stock and bond funds in 2018. But if you look step back and look at a longer period of time, 48 years, intermediate term bonds have done very handsomely now. Rates were a lot higher, I get it, in the late 70s, 80s that provided a higher yield when inflation was higher. But generally, over time, I would expect an intermediate-term bond to have a greater yield and in some ways to provide pretty good liquidity because you can sell and get your money anytime. And even even in periods of time when rates do, do go up, Vanguard did a very well thought about study here a few years ago that found even under those circumstances, you've got your money back and actually made money in about a three-year period. So it's a pretty good well, term. And, and you said bond funds didn't do so well last year, but over the past 12 months, 12 months, according to Morningstar, past 12 months, the Vanguard total bond index yeah. has returned total return yeah. of 4.5%. Is that helpful, Sam? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, you I raise a very, very good point. It. Yeah, you raise a good point. Yeah, but I, I've been retired for three years, and I want to thank Don for three years of good sleep because of uh, me listening to him. No, thank great you. Sleep. Thank you. That's I'm so happy much. to hear that. That's very kind. That, that is heartening. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. Have a great 
rest of your Don weekend. Don promises future. the check will be there by the first, too, by the way. I think he said that. I will send it out. Now, please right make now. sure that gets in the No, mail. in fact, I'm looking back at the Vanguard bond, total bond index, and it has not. Um, it's, it's posted positive returns over one-year had... periods, three-year periods, five-year periods. Okay, I think it lost a little in 2018. But I, yeah, again, it did, I, but it's but yeah. it's recovered. It was only yeah. toward the end, and it's recovered yeah. every bit of that. Okay, uh, because it, there are so many bonds in the portfolio. That's the other thing. Buying new is higher it rates, is massively yeah. diversified. It's just people incredibly get, get well caught diversified. up in this thing called recency. Yeah, eh, what's happened lately is going to keep happening. We have no idea. Our brain plays tricks on us. Indeed it does. We've got another call. Should we jump to it real quick? Yeah, eight five five nine three five talks. The number, Holly. You're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Holly? Yeah? Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? We do. Okay. Um, I have a, uh, just a situation I guess I need some advice on. I'm 62 and a half, still working, and I've got about 50000 saved. Um, my house is paid for. I basically owe nothing, and I'm spending about maybe 700 bucks a month to live with utilities and all expenses. So I'm planning to work... Um, well, I guess till 66 or so, and I can save about 50000 each year up until then. What do I do with my money? <laughs> well, can you save it into a retirement account? You know, I went to one of the, like, Edward Jones or something. No, don't go there. Well, I was a little uncomfortable because I, I really felt like I was at a used car lot, you know? Yes, you did. And, that's yeah, that's you kind of what, that, yeah. that's what it, that's a lot, that's a, kind of like that. It's a sales pitch. Okay, no, but I was it's asking you, at your place of work, do you have a retirement account you could put money into? Well, that's the thing. I have, I work part-time because I get full medical dental and vision and a very small retirement. It's not really, I think it's only $1,300 as of now. I've had my own janitorial business for about 12 years, and so I'm mm-hmm. on my own with all this. Okay. That's how you're able to save so much money. Is right. that That's where you're getting enough money to, to put away 50000 a year. Now, here's the trick. Right. Uh, and, Holly, this really is – it boils down to this for everyone. It is a matter of the level of risk you're willing to take to build your assets up to a higher level. Now, as it stands right now, if you, for the next three years, can put 50000 a year away – when you retire at 66, you're going to have $200,000. Um, I don't know where you live, what, what, what country you live in where you can have total expenses of only $700 a month to live. Congratulations. But I want to come to your country. Yeah, I want to live with you, actually, if you don't mind. <laughs> I live in Washington. So I'm she's, shocked. She's, she's paid off her house, she said. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, but 700 a month for anybody. I'm, I'm just. We're impressed. Very impressed. We're impressed. Anyway. And like 30 150 a month. Oh, I love so it. I I'm don't impressed. have any other expenses except utilities and, you know, food, whatever. Okay, you're, so then you're, you're going to, what you're going to live you. on is what Don's getting to. You're going to live on the 200 grand plus Social Security, basically. Yeah, right. but I think, gosh, shouldn't I do something with that money to yes. make it more? You were just and getting and to that. My answer to you, my answer to you is going to be very, very similar to the answer I gave to Gene. Yeah. Uh, first, I would max out your Roth IRA every year. Do that first. She could do a SEP IRA as well. She could with the yeah. with the money, and the that's going to yeah. give her some tax deferral. Um, I would, though, at least have 10, 15, maybe 20% in the Vanguard Total World Stock Index. 
Yeah, I and think that's good advice. The rest in the bond index, maybe a little in a money market and, for rainy days. And come to my class on April 24th, the Science oh, of Retirement true. Income, because I'm going to be talking about this exact same thing. You did. You you sign up at TalkingRealMoney.com. You set that call up, didn't you? <laughs> Tom and Don are talking real money. Would you like to talk to a real investment advisor for free? Set up an appointment at TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Actually, all kidding aside, Tom had a great point for Holly and all of you who called in trying to figure out how to how to create the best income in retirement. That's exactly what Tom's Lunch Ed class is about coming up on the 24th of April. It's just $10 a seat, and that price includes a really nice lunch. You'll get a class. You'll, you'll walk away much better informed than you were, and, you know, 10 bucks. And there are only 16 seats available, and none of them is sold so far, so you're in good shape if you go to TalkingRealMoney.com. TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.